understands. Uh, but what I've noticed, even in myself, is that when my brain has no more space, <laughs> when our alertness wanes, we lose our alertness to God. We don't have the capacity to process his presence, and in doing so, we lose our presence with him. We might miss his fingerprints and creation all around us. And we, may, we may not know how to continually watch and wait for him in silence um, in personal time as we go about our days. Um, I'm going to share a quick story. My parents have been in Florida uh, for the past week. Hi, Mom and Dad. I know they're watching. Um, so I've been dog-sitting their sweet, adorable, and very, very needy little dog named Henry. Um, does anyone have a needy dog here? Uh, okay, a few of us. Um, I love him. He's, he's adorable. But this dog has destroyed some very valuable things over the course of the week in my house uh, while I've been gone. And it's because he has severe separation anxiety. Um, he was rescued from an animal hoarding situation. He was sent to a shelter and then to my parents' house. Um, so he's very bonded to my mom and my dad and any other human who's taking care of him. So if we've been together in this house, if I move two inches, he moves two inches. If I stand up, he stands up. Um, if I breathe heavily, he looks at me in anticipation of, like, what's about to go down. Um, he's desperate uh, to be in my presence. And I was preparing for this morning with him sitting in my lap. Literally, I have a picture of him in my armpit staring at me. Um, I thought, this is how I want to be with the Lord. I want my eyes fixed on him. I want to watch and wait for every move of the Spirit. I want to notice his creation around me at all times, in the trees that I drive past, in the sunset I see out the window. I want to see his image in the people that I'm talking to, even the ones that aren't easy to talk to, especially those ones. Um, and we're probably that person for many people, just to keep that in mind. Um, I want to see him moving in the world around me. A phrase I've used a lot in my own prayers over the last several months is that every day I want to chase the wonder. I want to notice his beauty around me. I want to be so in awe of his presence that it leaves me in a state of wonder um, as I adventure through day-to-day -day life. And like my parents' dog wants to do with me, I want to sit with the Lord. Um, Psalm 27.4 says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So praise requires our presence. So I encourage you to be present in your pursuit of God. Uh, number two, praise results in peace. Something I've noticed in my parents' dog is that when he does just sit in my lap, I can feel the tension like leave his body. Like I can actually feel it. Um, he feels safe and he feels at peace. Uh, so many times in life, the same thing has happened for me with the Lord. Um, I was diagnosed with a generalized anxiety and panic disorder several years ago, um, which stemmed from a difficult season in my early college years where I suffered from an inner ear um, condition called vestibular neuronitis that caused vertigo and forced me to drop out of school and basically all activities for over a year. I thought I would never be on stage again. Uh, I remember sitting on my bedroom floor in the middle of a panic attack because I had developed crippling anxiety. I didn't know what was happening, but I would turn to praise and I would feel complete peace wash over me. Following this year, that anxiety would follow me many times to when I would go about doing different things, one of those being um, on stage to lead with crippling anxiety. And I can stand here today and say that over and over and over and over again, fighting back my fears with praise has always led me to some sense of peace. Um, and today, I mean, with counseling, with lots of work, 
um, and lots of time, I'm in a much better place. But I have learned to raise a hallelujah, like the song says that we sing, um, in my times of trouble, and God is always there. Um, often in stressful, overwhelming, anxiety-ridden moments, the one thing that brings me back to look up is to bring myself back to the feet of Jesus. I notice a physical change in me when I go back to him. One of my favorite verses is Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Paul says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the, God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. God also models rest for us in the creation story. Um, think about Adam and Eve resting with him in Eden. It's good to find peace and rest in God's presence. Um, our praise results in peace. Number three, there is power in our praise. This is something that I've learned more over the last um, several years. Uh, there is power when we worship him. Um, there are examples all throughout scripture about the power of God found in our praise. Um, Psalm 22 even says that he actually inhabits our praise. He lives in it. That's awesome. Um, one of the verses is from 2 Chronicles 20, 22. It says, as they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Um, Acts 16, 25 through 26 says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Um, there's so many other examples. I just pulled two, but um, there is power in our praise. One of my favorite verses, James 4, 7 and 8, says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. The biggest way that I've been able to say no to the enemy and watch him flee is praise. Um, it's singing to him. Um, so there's power in our praise. Number four, when we praise, we find our purpose. There is something amazing that happens when we praise God, that we remind ourselves and we remind each other who God is and what he's done. And in turn, we're reminded who we are as his sons and his daughters when we sing in truth. 1 Timothy 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We're chosen to be his people that praise him. The first song we sang this morning talked about how God does great things. He conquered the grave. He freed every captive. He broke every chain. Praise reminds us of who he is and who we are in him. So staying in a habit of praise keeps us from searching and striving to find our identity in other things. Number five, our praise acknowledges the promise of God's goodness. 
Did you guys know that there are actually nine different Hebrew words for praise in Scripture? Um, each describes a different aspect of praise. It's like how love has several different Hebrew or Greek words to describe love. Um, there are nine different ones for praise that are found um, in Scripture. One of my favorite ones is tada, which means an extension of the hand, confession, a sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving for things not yet received. This is found in Psalm 56, 11 and 12, which says, In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you. I'm sorry, I forgot number five, I think. Um, did I say number five? I'll say it now. Our praise acknowledges the promise of God's goodness. Our praise acknowledges the promise of God's goodness. So now let's go back to the, um, the words for praise. So todah is thanksgiving for things not yet received. Life, there's so many curveballs our way. Many of us have experienced loss, setbacks, so we're holding out hope for something that we long to experience. Offering a todah kind of praise is a sacrifice of praise for things that we haven't gotten yet. It's praising him with expectancy in our hearts for the future. Sometimes it's just expectancy of our future secured in heaven. For others, it's to see a vision or a promise fulfilled that we haven't seen yet. This is probably the hardest version of praise. But let's praise God for his faithfulness and for his goodness that we do know of, even if we're having trouble seeing it in our present moment. I know that this is often easier said than done. Sometimes praising alongside those who are walking through pain or grief helps us to carry each other along. Sometimes we can sing the praises for our friends um, when we don't have the strength to do so. Um, so if you're someone today that is waiting for God, um, this is the, the aspect of praise um, for you that, that will help us um, as we cling to his promises and his faithfulness. Number six, our posture affects our praise. Many of the different words for praise describe physical postures or activities that we show in our worship. I'm going to go through a few of them. The first one is yada, which means to revere or worship with extended hands or to hold out the hands. This word is actually found 111 times in scripture. It's also used to describe like shooting an arrow or throwing a stone. This simple act of raising our hands in worship can feel very foreign or uncomfortable for some of us. I remember being a little kid and thinking it was odd when this one lady in church would <laughs> raise her hand. I remember thinking, like, what, what is she reaching for? I didn't understand it. Um, I didn't know what it meant in regards to, like, Jesus and what, we, what was happening. And, you know, my siblings, we would, like, make fun of it when we went home because um, I just didn't understand it. But if you think about it, is there any more natural way to express excitement in the human body? I want to show you some photos. Um, I think I have them up there. Some people at a concert, uh, some people at a football game, a soccer game. Um, some of them are just stock photos of people <laughs> going crazy. There's a child um, lifting up his hands um, to be picked up. It's such a natural thing to us that it is almost weird that we make it weird. Um, when someone scores a touchdown, when we win the lottery, when we go to a concert of our favorite band, 
we jump and we lift our hands. When we get good news, we say, wow, you know. Um, Psalm 67.3 says, may all the people praise Yada, you. Raising our hands is as natural of a human reaction to feelings of joy, celebration, victory. It's just a natural movement. Think of a child when they're excited, when they want something, their hands go up. Another word is barak, which means to kneel. This is found in Psalm 72, where Solomon describes the ways that the kings of the nation would bow to the one true king. Barak describes when our praise comes from a place of humility, uh, recognizing his goodness. One that I love is halal. Uh, get ready for this one. It means to boast, to rave, to shine, to celebrate, and to act like a fool or a madman. Uh, Psalm 149.3 says, Let them praise halal his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. I'll be honest, this one's not easy for me. Not a person that generally likes to go crazy uh, in public. I don't like to dance at weddings, all that. Uh, perhaps it can be holy to become undignified in our praise and in our celebration. Other words that are found in scripture that go with this idea of celebration are zamar, which means to make music or instruments, um, tehillah, which means to sing a hymn, a new song, or a spontaneous song. That, when I thought spontaneous, I thought of me as a five-year-old right into preschool. Um, Shabak, which means to praise loudly, to shout. Um, Taka, which means to clap your hands. And Karar, which means to dance. Praise looks like so many different things. Um, and it's evident through much of scripture, especially in the Psalms. When we realize this, it makes our different expressions of praise all the more rich, all the more vibrant, all the more necessary as a body. Of course, different people have different personalities, and those personalities will have different natural expressions and responses. I don't like to look like a madman. <laughs> but the key is to just offer your whole self, your whole being to God in praise. Whether you're in the midst of the church or whether you're driving in the car, or whether you're just at home, give him your whole self, your whole being in worship. My last one is this, praise brings his people together. My last truth about praise um, is that it brings unity to us. Um, there's nothing like corporate worship. There's nothing like joining together to remind each other of who God is. There's nothing like focusing our hearts together as one body. It unites us. It erases differences preferences, walls, denominational boundaries, when we enter into the presence of God together. And I believe that that unity is the greatest picture of heaven that we have on earth. We've seen pockets of revival happening lately. Um, that happens as people come together to praise. Um, God's doing something amazing here. It's First Church in our worship as well. Uh, a few weeks ago, I posted a video of our congregation singing the song gratitude together i had dozens of people replying to me messaging to say what a beautiful sight that is seeing people young and old joining together in one song they said that it's not something that you see a lot different kinds of people coming together in song hands raised 
I sense a greater expectancy and a greater excitement in our praise to God here. And while it might happen in this room, it's not bound to this room. That trickles out into our small groups, our fellowship, our homes, um, our love for each other. Some of us young adults went bowling last night, and I thought, our love for each other has made us, our love for God has made us, our love for each other stronger, and we can go and have amazing fellowship like this. The greatest thing about our unity and praise is that it draws people in. People that may not look or think or act like this will be drawn to his presence um, because he is the ultimate unifier. I want to end with this uh, message paraphrase of Jesus' words in John 4, 23 through 24. I think this just sums everything up so well. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is looking out for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before him and their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. So I go back to my first question. Who do you worship? What do you worship? How do you express your worship? If we go through the seven truths, what is the one that jumps out to you the most today? Do you need to understand more of his peace, his power, his presence, his purpose for you, the promises that he has given you, our posture, the way that we present ourselves to him, or do you just need his people? As the worship team comes up, um, we're going to sing one last song. Um, this morning, I encourage you to give God your yada, your zamar, your tehila, your shabak. Let's praise him out of our very being, our spirits, our true selves, um, as we adore him, as we praise him. Not just today, but in the weeks to come, in the months to come. Let's let our praise be felt um, in Talmadge, in Ohio in our families, in our homes. Um, let's draw near to him in maybe a way that we never have before. Um, would you pray with me? Lord, I know that the world can be a lot. Our lives day to day can be a lot. But as I've learned, as you've shown me over the last week, your presence is enough. It fills in the gaps. It cleans up our mess. We can sense change when we go to you in our praise. And so, however we need to feel you this morning, Lord, I pray that you would come, that you would settle our souls, that you would steady our minds. And Lord, I pray that we would learn to praise you in a new way today, that we would go throughout our week searching for you, for chasing the wonder. And everywhere that we go and all that we do, everyone that we talk to, may they see that we're worshipers of you. And Lord, like we started off, 
Teach us to worship you well, and may that lead us to love others well. God, we worship you. We're so thankful. We're so grateful for who you are. We throw up our hands and worship to you. We just sing a simple hallelujah to you. Sometimes it doesn't feel like enough, but, but we just say we praise you, Lord. We love you. We thank you. Thanks for being with us today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.